Houston Dynamo, Portland Timbers, Sporting Kansas, Los Angeles Galaxy, Beach Pass, Toronto FC, Salt Lake, Chicago Fire, Columbus Crew, FC Dallas, York Red Bulls, Pitch Pass, your all-access credential to the people that matter in MLS. Here's your host, Greg Roach. Oh, yeah. Decision day right around the corner. MLS Cup playoffs just after that. The season is heating up. Can you feel it? I'll answer it for you. Yes, you can. Thank you so much for downloading this episode of Pitch Pass. Hopefully, this show only intensifies the heat surrounding the close of the MLS regular season and the starts of MLS Cup playoffs. Our guest today, I'm going to call a potential wild card when the playoffs hit. He's just getting his feet under him at TF. He's one of those personable athletes in MLS right now. So glad to have him back on the show. Hercules Gomez joins us right now. Hercules, how are you, my friend? Hey, Greg. Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, first off, let's 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 talk about your your unique birth announcement. You, you did a very 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 good job of doing that. How much thought went into uh, how you announced that you and your wife were going to be having a child? Uh, not too much thought. To be honest, uh, we thought it'd be cool. Um, my wife is Mexican. I met her while I was down playing with Santos. I'm obviously uh, American, and uh, now we're in Canada, so we decided <laughs> to be something kind of, you know, funny and cute. And to be quite honest, we didn't think uh, very hard at it. It was just something we wanted to do. And um, when we got the jerseys, and the biggest part was waiting for the jerseys. Yeah. Being in Canada, it was, it was a little difficult to get, get our hands on a U.S. and Mexico jersey. Um, so... Once we had that, it, it just pretty much took five minutes, to be quite honest. Uh, I didn't think it'd get the response it got. It was, it was pretty pretty cool. Um, now, for people who didn't see, you, you posted uh, a U.S. jersey, uh, men's, and then a, a female Mexican national team jersey, and then in the middle, just a little baby-sized uh, Canadian national team jersey. Yeah, I- and, it's, and we, I did this shot where I posted them in, in the locker room so that the U.S. jersey has 82, which is my birth yep. year, and then the Mexico jersey has 89, which is my wife's birth year, and then the little <laughs> Canadian jersey has the number 16, which is the year that my son will be born, and also my jersey number uh, here with TFC. So it was, it was kind of cool. Now, did you know the jersey number going in? I'm sorry? Did you know the jersey number? Like, did you pick 16 knowing that you were going to have a kid in 16, or that was just luck? No, I knew going in okay. because I, 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 the last, I want to say, six or some, some odd years, I've always played with nine or 16. Those have been my go-to numbers. Uh, it's just numbers that followed me around in my career and have brought me uh, a little bit of luck. And, you know, so it's, it's always kind of it's available. That's what I go to. And I've been very fortunate where along the way those clubs have made them available to me. Dude, how great is the karma that you're having a baby in 16 and 16 is one of your numbers? Yeah, it's it's cool. You know, it definitely uh, feels good. I think it's a good omen. Uh, I'm not too superstitious, but, you know, I'll take whatever I can get these days. One of the weird things, though, you did mention in your answer is uh, being in Canada, the difficulty in getting jerseys. Do they not have the Internet in Canada? You act like this is 1992 where you've got to get it shipped <laughs> from somewhere. No, they have the jersey. The funny thing is I, I we actually ordered a U.S. jersey, a men's U.S. jersey, and when it came... Uh, it came literally delivered to the stadium and or sorry, the train facility and the kit man goes, well, here it is. And I look at it and I'm like, I, I haven't been with the national team for a while, but I'm pretty sure that's not the men's jersey. I think that might be the women's jersey. <laughs> so so it, it, it was a lot harder than you than one might think. Um, I, 
quick question. You, you've represented your country a number of times. You couldn't, uh, they couldn't send you a jersey just to, hey, you know what, can you, can you send me a jersey? I'll get the, the numbers printed on there. You got you to order it online like everybody else? Yeah, yeah, I'm just a fan these days. I, I'm a, I'm an avid fan. You know, I, I, I'm a big supporter, and you know, I, I do my part as well. So I didn't mind. You know, and I was just thinking about this as I was getting ready to talk to you. Um, I feel like in Europe, especially, also throughout the world, you always hear about people announcing their international retirement. That doesn't really happen for the U.S. team. I think people just feel like they're available until they're not available anymore. Um, are you available to you're not? Available anymore? Or are you announcing an international retirement? Are you maybe the first person ever to announce an international retirement as a United States person? I, I think we have to put things in perspective. There are players who deserve an official announcement, and there are players who just kind of uh, fade into it. And I believe I'm one of those who just fade into it. I, I think the Marcus Beasleys, the 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 Michael Bradleys, Clint Dempsey's, the Landon Donovans, those are the guys that we need to show the the retirement respect to. Uh, the rest of us. You know, regular Joe Schmoes. Uh, we go about our business, and you know, we're we were fortunate enough to to kind of be there. Um, so it's it's one of those things where I I am very conscious of my situation, and and I'm very much a supporter of the U.S. national team. So if the U.S. national team would would look to me, uh, it'd be like a why situation. You know, once you do well. <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned Demarcus. He announced his international retirement, and it didn't take. He's still bringing being called back in. Yeah, you know, sometimes you get that itch to come back. Sometimes your country needs you back. You know, Demarcus, he, he's a legend. I've honestly uh, haven't met too many guys like him for all he's done for everywhere he's been. You know, he he's still just excited to lace up the boots the next day as he was the first day, and then there's something to be said for that. So those are the guys who really deserve, you know, those official announcements. My joke um, uh, regarding your the picture that you posted uh, regarding your birth birth announcement was uh, that fun fact that Sporting Kansas City still holds the rights to Baby Gomez. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're going down a slippery slope. Now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let me ask you this: I, what, what's... I, I'm not, I'm not in, I'm not in the states, but I'm going to exercise my Fifth Amendment right. <laughs> All right, well, let me ask you this: um, you and I don't know Canadian citizenship rules. You might not know them. You haven't been in the country that long. Uh, if your your son is born in Canada, does does technically have the ability to represent all three countries? So he should he choose that? I believe so. Wow! And, and you know, like like I recommend any any dual national out there um, that's that's considering. You know, it's a personal choice, and whatever you do, just be sure it's something you're comfortable with. You owe nothing to anybody. You you owe everything to yourself with that choice. So whatever you feel comfortable with, uh, people will understand. So the same thing will be for for my son. If my son is fortunate enough and even wants to play the game. Um, and he has that choice. I'm sure it'll be something where he and his heart will will come to terms with it and then go from there. Well, and this is kind of a good jump-off point to get into where you are now. Uh, I'm talking about country. You know, people probably would go, oh, well, whatever. No one's going to play for Canada. You never know. And we're not talking about current form. We're just talking about 17, 18 years down the road. Who knows where Canada is going to be as far as the international team is concerned. And that could be a legitimate, difficult choice in choosing between those three countries. Absolutely. I mean, the, the reality of, of just the kind of climate in this region is uh, about 20 years ago, uh, we were an afterthought in yep. this region. 
you know, and, and look at us now. I mean, all things considering, we're considered uh, a giant of CONCACAF. We're supposed to be one of the strong teams. So a lot can change in that generation. You know, the, a lot of players can come through. A lot of things can change. Uh, there's no telling, you know, what, what literally tomorrow holds. I, I really respect the hell out of you, and this, I say this as a guy who uh, considers himself an MLS snob, and, I, and by that I mean the guys that uh, are, were in the national team picture or are in the national team picture that always, I feel like, have an eye on what's going on in MLS. Yourself, uh, Alejandro Bedoya, uh, Terrence Boyd also, you could tell, just has a, a love of the country and a love of the league and a respect for the league. Um, I know you've kept, you followed MLS throughout your sojourn in, in Mexico. How exciting or, or how awesome or what was the opportunity like for you to come back to MLS and, uh, and represent and play in this league? Yeah, you know, I've, I think the, the great thing, the thing that I've been most proud of is I feel like, you know, I was in a position where back then it was still very different. There weren't very many young players. Uh, the, the few players coming up um, were 21, 22, and you were getting your first games. So I was in a different situation with them also. And I feel like I was, you know, I'm not a pioneer like the, the Alexi Lawless mm-hmm. and the Eric Winaldas, but I was definitely part of this building process. So to come back at this age and with this excitement and to see guys like Pirlo, Joe Vinko, Michael Bradley, Clint Dempsey, you know, Josie Alters choosing it to come here to, to play um, instead of uh, staying in the, in, in, I guess one would say deeper waters. It, it's an exciting time. They're doing it for a reason because they see the growth in the league and they see how, how just, I guess, refreshing and, and, and just up and coming it is. And it, to me, that's, that's a sign that the greatest respect one could have is when your peers, for whatever reason, are choosing this climate as opposed to others. You know, I, I think that's not, there's something to be said for that. And that, that made it exciting. It made it an easy choice. It was a situation where, to be quite honest, I thought I was going to go to Kansas City. I I was in a situation uh, where I kind of had a contract dispute and I needed to kind of go go somewhere else. And this opportunity arose, and MLS was always in the back of my mind. So when it finally kind of started being tangible uh, and then Kansas City started being less tangible, TFC kind of came out of nowhere, and it was mm-hmm. a very pleasant surprise. You know, and uh, you know, I don't want to get you on a slippery slope. That's not what this conversation is about. But how how long have you wanted to come back to MLS? You know, it was always one of those things where it was like in the back of my mind, like it'd be great to come back because I felt like you know I was part of something, part of creating something, and watching it grow was so exciting. You want to be part of it, but at the same time, I was in one of those. Well, you're in a pretty good situation now, type of deal, and and I felt like I was. Uh, learning a lot about myself and, and, and being, you know, and what it takes to be a, a better player. Like, I was just a different brand of football and that I could keep kind of taking these experiences and making my own and, and it, for the betterment of myself. So it's also like, don't compromise you or your situation right now for something you feel you have to do when it's right and it's ready, you know, you'll know. Yeah, and you were you were kind of in a funky situation financially. I, I would assume that you were you were doing much better in Mexico than you could do in the United States. And then it got to the point, you know, you, you brought up your 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 difficulties with with Kansas City, and I'd assume the difficulties were with the Kansas City Wizards, um, not sporting Kansas City. So when they changed kind of regimes, by the point where they were maybe a viable option, you were at a point financially where it wasn't a viable option for them to bring you in at the money that you could be. Making. 
making somewhere else. So it's kind of a, it was kind of a funky situation. And tell me if I'm wrong, from person from your point of view who liked MLS, who wanted to come back to MLS, who kind of wanted to be the first person to, to kind of wave the flag and go, okay, I was here for MLS, kind of 1.5. I'm ready to come back. And now I see people like Dempsey and Bradley coming back. I want to come back. And yet I'm still in that kind of funky situation where it's not really the best situation for either side yet. Yeah, if I'm being quite honest, it wasn't the best situation financially for me to come back. Yep. I definitely left uh, I left a lot more money on the table elsewhere. Uh, it's just the reality of the situation. But I was excited to come back. I felt like it was uh, something new and refreshing that I wanted to experience. And, and, you know, to be quite honest with the prospect of, uh, you know, having a family on the horizon, um, it, it was just something I discussed with my wife, and it felt like the, the natural move, you know, for right now. Now, tell me if the answer to this question is not at all. Just say not at all. I'm not. I'm not trying to pick in on on one side or the other. But as I look at you and I look at Michael Bradley and I look at Josie and I think to myself, okay, these are guys. These are American players who who went abroad and now coming home. But they're coming home to Canada. Is is it still coming home to you? Is it still a situation where you're coming back to the league? Did you think to yourself, well, maybe maybe we could keep assessing our situation because it's a Canadian opportunity rather than an, an American opportunity in MLS. Yeah, it, absolutely. It still feels like like an adventure yes. you know, away from home. Um, absolutely. But Canada is amazing. Toronto is an amazing city. I, I feel like Josie and Michael will tell you the same thing. This is a great place. The Toronto FC is a great setup. And we feel like we're part of something special here. We feel like we're literally on the verge of doing special things here. So we're, I can't speak for them, but I'm, I'm very excited. Well, and the thing about Toronto that I think a lot of Americans maybe don't realize is it's a huge city. So if you throw maybe New York and L.A., maybe Chicago out of the mix, Toronto is just as big as those towns, and well, they're on a Toronto's, lot of those cities. Yeah, Toronto's technically the fourth largest city in North America. I mean, it's behind L.A., New York, and Mexico City. So it's a huge city. Yes. There's plenty to do. I mean, honestly, I just the traffic's not something I'm thrilled about. <laughs> but it's, it's, there's, you're not in a place where you're going to get bored. There are things where you can experience, and that was part of it. Like, my wife and I are, are excited to be here. This is the first time since literally I've lived in Kansas City where I'm going to be anywhere where it gets really cold. The, the temperatures have already dropped, you know, tremendously. My wife's never experienced that. Oh, lucky her. Um, so. Yeah, so we're we're you know we're excited. The the change of the of the leaves, fall come coming, and everything. So it's definitely an experience. Have you mentioned to the uh, equipment manager? Listen, I need about seven pairs of gloves. Just make sure you have them ready to circulate them through because they're going to need to bust them out soon. Yeah, we're gonna have that. We're gonna have that talk soon. It's a good thing you mentioned it. I I don't understand, and you, maybe you can clear this up. Some guys in MLS go with the long sleeve. Jersey, and then other guys go with the short sleeve with the with the the uh, the tight uh, un- long sleeve undershirt underneath. Which one right. do you Which one do you go for, and and why do people go the other way? Yeah, to be quite honest, everybody's. I find with athletes in general, not just soccer players, you all have your own superstitions or little things you do just because you feel like that's you. It helps you or whatever. I, I personally enjoy a more fitted. Uh, kind of under armor yeah. shirt or the undershirts. Um, most guys do that. Other guys like the the way or elegance of a long long sleeve jersey. You know, <laughs> Beckham made that kind of big uh, when he came down to to the MLS. And then he soon, he soon found that in KC and D.C. in the summer, it wasn't as really the go-to. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. 
but it, it, people just want to make it their own, and some guys uh, enjoy the long sleeve, other guys don't. It's all preference, to be honest. I like how you said the elegance of the long sleeve. <laughs> what a classy man. He's wearing the long sleeve today. <laughs> yeah, that's just exactly what I picture. When I think long sleeve, like the way Beckham, he just looks so elegant on True. the field, and you see him, I mean, you see him swinging a free kick with the long sleeve jersey, and you're like, I, I want the long sleeve. I, I want a long sleeve. Yeah, I want to rock one too. Except when it's ninety-five degrees with hundred percent humidity in the middle of July, and I don't want to exactly. rock it. <laughs> um, exactly. Exactly. So you know, you mentioned that that TFC made a move for you, um, and I was kind of curious as, as to as to how you ended up in TFC. Once you get there, um, were you taken aback at the competition for place that you have to go through or have had to go through to get into the side? No, because I realized it was it was uh, it's, it's a very good competitive league, and I knew the players coming in here, so that didn't surprise me. Uh, I think what surprised me was the setup here at TFC. I didn't expect it to be as great. Uh, it's a very professional environment with the setup they have. I mean, from the get go, uh, there there are advantages and and kind of things to factor in here that I didn't have um, when I was playing at the biggest club, some of the biggest clubs in Mexico. I mean. These guys really went all out. They go all out to make their players. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, the biggest player they have or a rookie. They they really go all out to make you feel welcome, to make you feel like you're in a special environment, to make you feel like you're in a real professional environment. That's what really just, you know, took me aback. Well, so give us a perk that that you have, just like you know something minor that my, most people might not think about that you that you enjoy at TFC that maybe you didn't enjoy at some of the bigger clubs in Mexico that you played for. Oh, I could give you like eight things. I mean, off the bat, I mean, I played at some big clubs in Mexico, and it was like once you get there, hey, you're in the hotel for two weeks. After that, you're on your own. Everything's on you. Um, they don't help you find a place. Wow. I literally got here, and I had you have your own personal driver. He's shuttling you around from training anywhere you want to go. You want to go find a place, they'll set you up with a realtor. Uh, you need my wife. Uh, we needed a, a doctor for her with the pregnancy. Yeah. They set us up. Wow. Uh, they got. They really, literally did everything for us, and it was like they took us by the hand, and they were like, hey, you're in a different country now. You need Here they have your like a tax ID number. You need to get your tax ID number. Uh, we're going to take you. They set up the appointment. You literally walk in, you walk out. They're waiting in line for you. It's just top-notch. There are things they do here that other clubs in the world don't do. Now, and I'm not going to ask you about uh, MLS from when you were first here to MLS now, but I am going to ask you about the adjustment from Mexico back to MLS. What are some things that you kind of have been uh, sticking over and and things that you're still getting used to as far as the MLS uh, style of soccer is concerned versus Mexican style? Yeah, I mean, obviously right off the bat um, is... I guess the style of play, every team would be different, you know, whether it's Mexico or, or just, you know, MLS in general. But there, there is more of a uh, – in Mexico, they, they like to possess the ball a lot more, and sometimes that, that's uh, boring, sometimes it's lateral play, uh, but they slow the game down a lot more to wear their opponents down. And, and here you want to take advantage and you want to get the goal as quickly as possible. You want to kind of strike while you can type field. So there are big tactical shifts. Um, I mean, I think just in general, the the overall kind of uh, perceptive or attitude of the Latin American player compared to the North American is a little different. 
um, not not to say it's negative or, yeah. or positive. It's just it's just a different setting for you. We talked with Kurt Larson two weeks ago of the Toronto Star and asked him about the vibe of the city with a lot going on. Hockey season just starting. The Jays on a on a on a playoff run. Um, you guys have a huge match coming up on Sunday versus your your biggest rival, Montreal Impact. Uh, what do you know about the TFC Impact rivalry going into Sunday's match? Just what I, you know, what I've seen from the one game we've had before, and what from people tell me, you know, I've yet to experience it myself. Uh, but anytime you can get a, it's a rival. Um, it doesn't matter how they put it up. If it's on paper, or if it's play over a hundred years, it's still your rival. You want to win. You don't want to lose. Uh, these are the games uh, that, as a player, you, you really live for. You want to be involved in these games. And with the playoff implications going on, it just kind of takes things to another level. And like you said, the city's going through a good sports moment right now, and, you know, we want to kind of escalate that. We've seen what the Jays are doing, and and we want to take it to that next level as well. And, you know, people can poo-poo the playoff system all they want. Here we are regular season with a lot of matches, with a lot of implications. And, you know, I kind of challenge people who consider themselves Euro snobs to go find another league in the world where this many teams have this much to play for on the last regular season match of the season. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I'm a huge football fan, and one of the things that makes me a football, just a huge football fan is the parity. You know, yep. uh, one year your team can not be as good, and the next year your team's got a chance of the Super Bowl. You know, and I feel like whether it's Mexico goes through the same thing, their league, and so does MLS. People confuse parity with mediocrity, and it kills me. I don't think that's it at all. I, I, I don't think there's anything more exciting than this whole decision day thing going on. Yeah. I mean, we, we literally can go from second place, if we do well and have a couple of uh, things go our way, to, to sixth place. Yeah. That's a big big factor. That's a big kind of uh, motivational tool going into that game against Montreal. These are these are big implications, and I think that makes everything so much more exciting. You mentioned uh, football. Have you been to an Argos game? Are Argos in season? Have, were you there to see them? I have not, but I'm sure uh, next season with uh, I'm sharing the stadium, <laughs> I'll, I'll get my... Did I, how, how American did I sound just now when I was like, wait, are they playing right now? What's going on? Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, well, you said it. <laughs> right, yeah, you, you know, you, you kind of said yourself, Roach. We, I don't have to point it out anymore. <laughs> um, will uh, what, they don't have? They don't do the Bills games anymore in Toronto, though, do they? No, not in. Ah. Uh, I, I have I have circled a few in my calendar where I'm uh, where I definitely want to make a, a trip out if it's possible because uh, the Bills actually are a team that because of the region I, I watch a lot out here. It's one of the games yeah. we get for kind of the game of the week. So, and I, as much as I. I'm not a fan of Rex Ryan. They're actually pretty good, and they're a <laughs> yeah. fun team to watch. So it'd be it'd be good to kind of venture out and, and take a trip. How far away is that for people who don't know? It's, if you get in your car, not far at all. Maybe an hour and a half. Perfect. So you, so you, yeah. maybe maybe when the season comes to an end, you can get over to a Bills game at some point. That would be that would be fun. Hopefully, I guess it started snowing last game, so hopefully. Yeah. We'll we'll bring, get a good day. Tell the equipment manager you're gonna have to take some gloves on an overnight trip at some sort. Yeah. You're a Vegas guy. What, who is your team? Well, I was born in Los Angeles. I was born in East LA. Okay, well, but okay, um, so you're you're a Los Angeles guy. Who's your team? <laughs> well, so, so I literally cheer for all the LA teams. So I'm like the LA Raiders. Raiders, that, you know. The, yeah, so I'm a Raiders fan. I'm a Dodgers fan. I'm a Lakers fan. You know, I grew up a Galaxy fan. I, I was, you know, I used to go to the games at the Rose Bowl. So it's, to me, because I grew up in Vegas, those are the teams I cheer for. Got it. And and are are you one of those guys who wants? 
a, a NFL team back in Los Angeles? Badly, but I don't want just any NFL team back in Los Angeles. You know, I, I want our team back. If I, if I had it my way, the Raiders would be back. You want the Raiders back into L.A.? I want the Raiders back in L.A. How much of a kick in the butt would it be if the Rams come back to L.A.? Be more of a kick in, in kind of the, <laughs> in, the, the in, in the in the front part of that. <laughs> It'd be more of a kick in the front part if it was the Chargers that we got stuck with. <laughs> okay, so so we we did our rankings. Chargers is probably thirtieth on the list, with Raiders being one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, and I wouldn't. I actually wouldn't mind like a, a, our own expansion team. I think that'd be something. I honestly, I can't believe it's taken so long. I don't understand why uh, it's not that happening. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm sure, you know what, I'm sure once everything kind of, the ball gets rolling and L.A. finally gets a team, you'll see a few soccer-involved people in there for sure. Do you think that you can make it to LAFC and and play in downtown Los Angeles? I, look, I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to make it the next season. <laughs> No, if I'm being if I'm being honest, I feel I, the body feels really good right good. now, and I'm going to play as long as I enjoy playing. Uh, I've I've gotten myself in a situation um, where it's it, it's like if you can keep playing because you enjoy it, do it, but don't do it because you feel you have to. And there are there are other things I want to do after soccer. So by no means am I trying to press the the issue, but yeah. It, I've I've taken my career as an adventure, and and I play because I want to play somewhere, not because anybody's making me play. You know, I got two I got two quick things because uh, you you brought up something that I I didn't even think about that you're a perfect person to ask for. People always talk about the adjustment of of mid season signings in MLS just because it's a, such a unique league. Um, is this a situation where you're kind of being ingratiated back into into MLS and into the TFC squad, and maybe 2016 is the year that Vanny's like, okay, now that you know where you're going. It's time to unleash Hercules Gomez on this league. Well, look, I think one of the greatest strengths that I've had, not only as a as an athlete, but as a person, is, is my self awareness. I, I think I'm pretty real and honest with myself. Um, you know, I, I'm obviously at a different stage in my career right now. And coming in, I told Greg exactly the type of player I was. You know, I was like, look, Greg, I don't know if I'd be for your system or not. I'm, I'm a player that gets on the field. I'm high energy. I will give you everything I have. I will bleed for the jersey. Uh, you know, I'm nothing flashy, but I get on the end of things, and I and I'll be able to put up a few numbers for you. Um, if that helps, get me in. You know, and if not, I'll, I'll still be there supporting the team. I'm not the type of guy that that's happy when he's on the bench, but by no means do I uh, do I make bones about it. I want to keep better myself so I can yeah. kind of win my spot. So I've been very real about that, and I understand that um, if 2016 is my – I definitely feel – I felt like when I came in this season, I was behind the eight ball because of the contract dispute. Yep. Um, I was kind of pushed aside to a U23 team within the Cholo system and just training, and it wasn't the, the greatest uh, thing. So when I got here – I did feel like my fitness level wasn't up, my sharpness level wasn't up, and I'm just feeling like I'm re- recapturing all that. Um, so hopefully we could end on a high note here, and 2016 will give me 
more of a chance to build on something. That's fascinating to hear because as an outsider who is just following along the league as he sees on TV or in the papers, I think to myself, and I actually asked Kurt Larson this, if I'm Hercules Gomez, I'm thinking to myself, did I sign up to, to, to this? I mean, I'm coming from Mexico. Uh, I should be walking into a starting lineup. And, and your attitude and, and your response to that question kind of puts it all in a clarity of, you know what, it's not just that easy and it's never going to be that easy. And if it was that easy, um, this sport would be too easy and I'd be the best player in the world. Yeah, if I'm being quite honest, I, I think if you go into if you go into a situation with that mentality, you're already losing. You're I, the one. I, I knew how good teams were coming in. I knew how good the players were coming in. I still feel the only thing that separates, you know, the the guys going deep in in Concacaf Champions League from the Mexican teams is is depth. Yeah. So the talent's there. You just need more of it, you know. So if, like I said, if I could, like I told Greg, if I could somehow be plugged in and you could use me, you know, I, great. But I'm, I, I don't by any means feel entitled to anything. Last thing before I let you go, and uh, I feel like I know a lot about you, a lot more about you than I do about the, the regular or the common athlete, uh, because you are so interactive on social media and especially on Twitter. You've been able to walk the line between putting yourself out there but not making yourself exposed on social media. Uh, how, how fine of a line is that to walk? And have there been times where you've thought to yourself, you know, maybe I'm a little too much out there on Twitter? Yeah, on the daily, I think I'm a little too much out there, but that's just in general. Uh, if, if I'm being if I'm being honest, I I think it is a very fine line to walk because um, you could say something that rubs somebody the wrong way, but the majority of the time, it doesn't matter what type of business you are in this field, whether it's media, coaching, or or player, you're going to do something that's not going to please everybody. So you have to take it with a grain of salt. I do feel that it's it is a valuable tool. I mean. I think the whole social media thing, if you go back 10 years ago, wasn't around to where it is today. So you could say something, and maybe that journalist, and I'm not saying that's the case now, but maybe that journalist turns it around, and you are perceived the way he wants you to be perceived. Well, that's not the case anymore because you have a voice now. So it's like, okay, well, you said something. How did you say it? You say it. These are your words. Use them. And I feel like that's a huge tool, and, and athletes are getting better at it. Players, teammates, press in general, I think they're learning just how valuable a tool it is. I don't lend my voice. Like, there, there aren't too many times where I'm misconstrued because I'll just come out and tell you what I'm feeling. Yep. And it'll be pretty, pretty, pretty much my words, and you can see them. So I, I feel it's a valuable tool, and I honestly think – more people should take advantage of it. You know, and I, I have to give you a lot of credit. I, I feel like, and I'm not going to give you too much credit, but I, I feel like you have raised the importance level of uh, CONCACAF Champions League uh, in the United States with your friendly rivalry, or the, maybe it wasn't friendly at some point, the trash talking you, got, you did with the, the Sounders fans back in the day, because I feel like that got people more invested in those matches, which then gets people more invested in that tournament, and that tournament is important for this league in this country. I feel that that's the next step for MLS to be to go to the next level. Is we you know we have to win that tournament. That tournament is big. We are taking it as seriously as possible. You can see now with the four teams making it to the knockout rounds. It's not an easy tournament. Uh, by no by no means is it easy. Uh, I had a blast playing that tournament. I, I could I would have never imagined my first game playing that that it would have gone kind of the way it went and yeah. I would have had as much success. 
Uh, I had some great rivalry games with Toronto FC, which <laughs> makes me being here even that more kind of different and Seattle. And the bond that I had kind of that kind of grew out of that Seattle rivalry was a fun little banter, but serious, you know, on the field kind of moments that we'd always confront each other in, in critical moments. And it just kind of kept growing and, and growing and growing. And I've got like a special kind of affinity with them where it's like a love and hate, yeah. thing, but very much so respect. Uh, Hercules, thank you so much for your time. You've been very generous and I really appreciate your candor and best of luck the rest of the season, especially on Sunday against Montreal. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, bud. show information, go to pitchpass.com.